who does it end with, Devin? It ends with us, Steph. Today we are talking Lily and Ryle and Atlas from It Ends With Us. Do we ship it? Listen to find out. I'm Steph. And I'm Devin. And welcome to the We Ship It podcast, a podcast where Devin and I and our occasional guest, Gavin Goss, about our favorite and not so favorite ships of all time. That's right. And today we are talking about Lily and Ryle and also Atlas. It Ends With Us is a difficult book to talk about. There are so many, so many twists and turns and lots of ups and downs between all these characters. Um, We don't have to dissect this text alone, though. Today, today, everybody (laughs) get excited because today we are joined once again by Kiwi and the Bird, Taylor and Kimi. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We love having Kiwi on with us. It's always a blast having them on. Yeah, last season, you guys joined us for our Spider-Man episode, our um, and that was a ton of fun. Was that season four, four opener? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I don't even up. remember when we recorded for that one. It feels like it wasn't that long ago, but it must have been if it was season four. Wow. It was Very like beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Must have been crazy. We were just talking about how like how nuts um, it, it is that we've both been going for three years with this, so mm-hmm. pretty exciting. Or soon um, to be. Yeah, soon to be three years, right? Well, either way, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on this story because it really set me through a loop as I was reading it. Like when Devin said ups and downs, there were lots of ups and downs and like things that I wanted and and then things that I didn't want anymore. And it was just like a lot. So um, we've previously seen this book all over Bookstagram and I really had no idea to what to expect. So reading it really shook me and I'm not sure how you all felt, but I'm still shook. <laughs> yeah. Shaking right now. Yes. Yes. We're shaking. shaking. We're quaking. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. I'm actually really surprised at how many kids in my classes, my ninth grade classes are reading this book. What? Yes. Ooh. Yes. Well, I, I'm just, I was, I was like, Oh, it's just a romance book. They're fine. And I started like reading, reading it, it and I'm like, Oh my gosh, these they kids are reading, reading this book. This. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who oh, do Devin. their parents know? <laughs> this is the issue with you being a high school teacher and then having to read some like why the books that they're reading or some of the books, yeah, that are like popular right now. Cause you're like, oh my gosh, you like see them in class like reading mm-hmm. and you're like, oh yep. my gosh, I hope they're not on that weird scene or like whatever. <laughs> Absolutely oh, had that experience. Oh yeah, with um a court of mist and fury with our math teacher, and we're like Please don't realize that we've read don't, you. You don't know that we know. <laughs> That's more chapter we <laughs> That's hilarious. <sighs> uh, but before we get started, I just wanted to provide a quick spoiler alert and to kind of a trigger warning as well. There's a lot of trauma in this story and some mentions of abuse. So if you haven't read the book or the, um, that topic might be a little difficult for you, please listen with caution. Yes. Thank you, Dev. And before we get into our summary, I didn't even warn Devin about this, but I have a new fun question, Jennifer. <laughs> Instead of doing what are you thankful for? I'm j- so I was supposed to guys context. Have a jar. I was supposed to have a jar with little things to pick out, and I will next time. But right now I'm just gonna use a fun question generator from my 
phone. So get ready for this. Okay. I'm scared. I'm terrified, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We got to mix it up, Devin. One question, because you and I can only be thankful for so much. I was re- I was listening back and I was like, we really have a cycle of thanks. Like, we <laughs> say like good. the same Like, things. oh, it's uh, it's the weekend. <laughs> oh, coffee, chocolate, <clears throat> friendship. Yeah, all those things, man. I guess yeah. I'm oh. so grateful for my family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, this is a good one. This is an easy one. What is your favorite trip that you've taken? Oh. Go ahead, Devin. Do you have? No, one? no, no. Go ahead. You guys go first the ladies oh oh um probably one to mexico i don't remember any specific one, but i went a lot as a child and Ooh, I, nice you know i love mexican food it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, too yeah, good yeah, yeah it's yeah. too good <laughs> nice every time came and comes back she always describes the food to me and i'm like where's mine with your family but could you have taken me with you <laughs> <laughs> take me with you <laughs> that is great Taylor, do you have uh, a favorite spot? Oh, I think I do. So um, when I, my birthday always ends up during spring break. And mm-hmm. so when I turned 21, we went to Disneyland in um, Florida, actually Disney World, sorry. Mm. Okay. In Florida to uh, Star Wars Land. I'm a Star Wars Land nerd. Oh. Um, and so that was like dream vacation. I was like the force nice. of me. <laughs> one with the force, one with the force, one with the force. Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Devin? Uh, so my favorite trip that I've taken was to Peru in the summer of 2019. Uh, awesome trip. It was kind of like a mission trip, but also uh, an exploration trip. So um, I'm really excited. We got to go to Machu Picchu, which was amazing. Um that was my favorite solo trip. If I've had to do a family trip, it would probably be our last last summer. Actually, around this time last year, we were at Disney World. Oh, amazing! So it was all of my family. It was my cousins and uh, my nieces who are in the house somewhere, um, <laughs> and uh, we just had a blast walking so the, around Disney World with you as well. Yes, the force is awesome. <laughs> I, I, I got to make my own droid and my own lightsaber because I'm a Get nerd. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh yep. my gosh. Um, I don't know. Like, oh, there's just a lot in my mind right now. I would have to say, I think the, my favorite trip that I took was when I was abroad. I studied in Rome, but I took this like weekend to trip. Ireland. No, not that oh. one. I took this weekend <laughs> trip to Interlaken in Switzerland. Okay. And it means between two lakes. And the reason it was my favorite was because I did, um, what is it called? Paragliding. And Ooh. so I like, we had to like run off a mountain and then I was just like up in the air and it was just like the most beautiful thing ever. Like blue water you could see to the bottom of. It was just gorgeous. And the I'm food jealous. was amazing. Yeah, but the problem was, okay, story time really quick. Story the problem time. was I studied German, okay, but I'm terrible with German. I studied for like seven years, can't speak it. And the guy who was like my guide, I was like, oh, I can speak a little bit of German. That was my mistake. So that this man <laughs> is giving me like life-saving instructions and I could not understand them running down a mountain trying to get the air to catch us. Like, oh my gosh, why did I do this? But it ended up working out. It was It was really fun. So that's also funny because when I went to Machu Picchu, they had two different tours split off. One that was like Spanish speaking and one that was English. Did you go like, on the Spanish speaking <laughs> tour? Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think I could do this. I, I mean, I've spent like I, I have a minor in Spanish. I've been here. This is probably like our 
fifth day in Peru right now. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm training my brain. I'm learning. I'm relearning the language. And I'm like, yeah, I can do this. And then we start doing it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm missing all this valuable information. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to come back again and do a tour yes. in English for my own sake. Do either of you speak other languages? I do speak Spanish. Nice. Oh, cool. Yes. I wish I spoke another language. Like I try to, and you got to immerse yourself in it mm -hmm. to like really start to learn it. If you don't and practice like, it, it's gone. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, like I'm technically fluent, like yeah. <laughs> quote unquote. Well, uh, grammar just goes over my head. That's fair. Totally fair. Lots of Spanglish. <laughs> so much Spanglish. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Cool. So moving on with the show. Sorry. I just. <laughs> I that was a good to time. Spice it up with right. one question. More questions like that, Steph. Yes, I, you see? I can do those. <laughs> good, good. Okay, so on with our It Ends With Us show. So <clears throat> we meet Lily and Ryle almost immediately. Um, and they meet on the roof where we see Ryle kicking around a chair. Uh, and Lily's sort of intrigued by this, first of all, trying to like hide because she's like, I hope this guy doesn't see me in this weird, vulnerable moment for him. Um, but he does see her, and the two start a conversation. Um, with what they call naked truths. We kind of see this naked truth like theme throughout the book, um, sharing with almost like a complete stranger, the deepest truths of their life. Um, mm. So there's intrigue there, but we learn that Ryle is a surgeon and he's not really interested in long-term relationships. And I'm kind of forgetting if it happens here, but I think it does. He basically tells her he wants to have sex with her like immediately. Yes, he does. And that's like, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but I also don't want a relationship. So she's like, uh, no. <laughs> so months later they kind of like don't ever meet again they're, they're kind of doing their own thing <clears throat> lily meets him again um when his sister ironically starts working for her at a new florist shop funny part about this is the sister does not need the money she just does it <laughs> for fun um and they become best friends so we find out that he's been thinking about her all this time we also learn a little bit more about Lily's past. And so in this moment, we're getting Ryle going, end my agony. Like, just sleep with me already. I, I love you. All this stuff. And Lily's like, what the heck is this? But then we're kind of learning about her like past as she goes and as she's living, um, as she's reading her journal. Um, we find out that she lived across from a homeless boy in high school named Atlas, and she would help him. So her her parents, or her dad in particular, um, would not have been a fan of this. But she kind of sneaks him into her house, lets him shower there, gives him food, all of that. Um, in the course of this, the two of them eventually fell in love, what she considers her first love, until he left for Boston. And she feels like he kind of left her in the dust after this big explosive episode that happened between him and her dad. Um, she also experienced throughout her childhood, her father was abusive toward her mother all her young life. And this left her terribly mad at both her father and her mother, and sometimes her mother, swearing that she would never be like her. Um, she eventually falls in love with Ryle, and their lives move pretty quickly as they're together. Uh, one night, though, we do kind of unexpectedly see Ryle hit her because he burns something and she's laughing at him. And there's just this moment of like panic um, and her head kind of like spins with this. And, but she decides to forgive him the next day. She runs into Atlas for the first time in years. 
And her head's all over the place because she's like, oh, my God, Atlas working at this random restaurant. I used to be in love with him. It's very confusing for her. Um, So as Riley and Lily spin further into what I would consider a cycle of abuse, Atlas and Lily keep running into each other. And it's kind of this like ironic back and forth. Um, Eventually, Lily chooses to leave Ryle and then she finds out she's pregnant which always throw that wrench in there, you know, when things get intense. Uh, But she stays with Atlas at his house until she can figure out what to do. When her baby is born, um, though Ryle has made steps to improve, Lily chooses to divorce him for the sake of her daughter so she can move forward. And that's what it ends with. It ends with us, her and her daughter. Um, And it's alluded to after that, that Lily and Atlas might rekindle their relationship, but it's not like totally decided on um so that's kind of where we end the story and like ryle is still a part of her child's life um but it's just they're not in a relationship um so anyway we wanted to talk about this because one it's been all over the internet and two there's just lots and lots of like relationship dynamics here that i think are important to unpack Mm -hmm. so so let's get to it Devin. let's do it all right so starting from the very beginning what is it about their first encounter that is intoxicating for Lily and Ryle? Well, I <laughs> there's <laughs> the thing with this book is that when I first read it, I actually didn't like Ryle. Like even mm, the off the bat, off the bat, I was like, mm. he's a little too pushy, a little mm. too aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, I just, I didn't like him. I didn't like the vibe that that, that was happening. Sure. Um, but I could understand why he was charming because there is the, that concept of naked truths. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's just like this stranger in like this vulnerable moment, like I might never see this person again. And it's just kind of like, if you just like let everything out and like, there are almost like no consequences. So it's just, I think like that was part of it. I think there was also just like initial physical attraction happening rooftops always a good place <laughs> typically. <laughs> typically. not in this case but typically <laughs> um but yeah i think i think that's part of it just the fact that it's just there was she was in a vulnerable place mm-hmm. and he just kind of happened to be there yep yeah i definitely agree i think it was because both of them were in such an emotional state too like they they weren't composed they weren't really yeah themselves they were feeling so much at once. And so then you have this stranger see you in that moment and you kind of make eye contact and you're like, guess we got to chit chat now. <laughs> but that kind of lets you be more open and more honest. And like Amy said, you think it's going to be a one-time collision. And so you can kind of tell this person anything. And so I think mm-hmm. that has its own kind of intimacy and appeal. And there were a lot of beefy arm descriptions. I'm not <laughs> yep. like, I don't know if it's the conversation that Lily's into or just the arms themselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fair observation. I think like, like you said, they're both in sort of an emotional state in this yeah. moment. Um, Ryle having just gone through something very emotionally heightening, even though it was like a really upsetting moment for him and Lily dealing with her father's funeral, just everything. And they come together and I think both of them are kind of dealing with a lifestyle where maybe they're not telling naked truths to the people around them. Mm. Um, so when they come together and they're able to so comfortably do that with each other, um, I think that is what 
first sort of brings them together. Like, obviously, there's also descriptions of the arms and everything, and that's <laughs> in there, too. Um, but something that did stick out to me and didn't it didn't actually didn't stick out to me in this moment. But later on in the book, the first time that she writes about her father's abuse, um, I actually was a Ryle shipper. But in that moment when she was talking about her father's abuse, I thought back to him kicking the chair and I was like, okay, I'm kind of seeing where this is going. Like, yeah, I don't think that they would have described that. Right. I don't think they would have described that about him in his emotional state unless it was sort of related to this story somehow. Um, so I, I started to get bad vibes then, but I was like, he's so charming. And what's <laughs> interesting, and we'll talk more about this, is... They kind of give Ryle like layers to his personality in this way. Um, and it, it makes it really difficult as a reader, but it also makes you sympathize more with her and her mother because they fell in love with these people before they knew that that was really a part, like a, a an intrinsic part of their personality. So here, you know, we get a little glimpse of like what he, he struggles with and what he's going to eventually like bring forward whenever he gets emotional but she doesn't quite see it that way yet and so we're, we're kind of led as the reader to see it as she un as it unfolds for her too um so i just i felt that was a really like interesting way for the author to go about it um but in this moment obviously like they have just a, a connection something something deeper there that they don't share with other people yeah i agree i think you guys all hit it in the sense of there's that level of raw emotion that they are all they are both expressing in the moment. Um, Ryle fuming about his lost pace, patient because he emotionally connected to that. Um, the patient and the circumstance that was mm -hmm. going on there, um, and Lily smugly reflecting on her father's eulogy. Yeah, um, they just have two drastic emotions, and when they collide, the emotions kind of heighten or um evoke the emotional appeal between the two of them um and then there's the honesty aspect which we'll get to a little bit shortly but that opens the floor to his i want you statement like mm -hmm. but they both have their own rules about sex so there's a lot of tension and there's yearning in the air and it makes them want each other that much more so i think that's kind of why that this scene even for like readers or listeners if you're if you're listening to the audiobook like you feel engaged with them and their relationship right from the start. Yeah, though I think he wouldn't describe himself this way. I think Ryle is a very like up and down emotional person. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it kind of first reminded me of, do, do you guys watch New Girl? <laughs> I don't know if either of you watch New Girl. There's this character in New Girl that just has like a brief thing with like in one episode. Is it Sam? He's, no, he's a football oh. player and he's like so emotional. Like when he's hot, <laughs> he's hot. When he's cold, he's cold. And I feel like Ryle just reminds me of him so much. So mm -hmm. when I when I first got this glimpse of him in his like highest happiness and like mm -hmm, his mm -hmm. lowest, like sad anger moments, I was like, whoa. That is <laughs> <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so Moving on. The first time that Lily and Ryle meet, they start telling each other naked truths. So do you agree that it's sometimes easier to be completely honest with someone you've just met? Why or why don't you think that is? I absolutely think it's easier to be honest with a stranger because in society, we kind of have these social boundaries as to what is and is inappropriate to speak with with mm -hmm. someone. 
And like, you kind of find those boundaries with people, whether or not they become like a very close friend or they're just an acquaintance. But with a stranger, those boundaries have not been set yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like up in the air. And since Lily and Ryle are, were already in such a vulnerable state with both of their emotions, they've already like crossed beyond that boundary. Um, and so it was just kind of with with a stranger too. I mean, they only get to hear your side of the story, which I think yep. is also very appealing. Yeah, so absolutely. The strange, like I, I would tell a stranger my whole life story. Yes, <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> yeah. He's an open book, guys. <laughs> yeah, I for me personally, I couldn't. I don't think I could really be honest with a stranger. I'd be like, I don't know. You got to kind of like unlayer me like an onion or something. Like I can't get that personal. I don't know you. You don't know me. And and so I think I myself would be a little reluctant in that situation. Mm-hmm. But I can totally see how there's kind of like a sense of a lack of judgment where you feel safe to say anything because you don't necessarily think you'll see that person again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, who cares what they think about me? Because we're gonna we're never gonna see each other again. So I can kind of just put it all out there and then kind of get it off my chest and then zip on out of here and kind of escape whatever thoughts they might have from it. Sure. So yeah, like Amy said, I think the the appeal is that. It's almost kind of like sharing a secret too, where so it's like you're kind of conspiring with each other, but then you don't have to deal with the consequences either. Yeah. Just walk away. And so I think to a lot of people, it is really appealing appealing to be able to kind of say what you want to say and then be able to step step back afterward. Right. Absolutely. And I agree. I think I have I think I also have mixed feelings with this question. I think I I do think it's easier um, because you can just be totally open with them. Um, there's no going back, but there's like Kimi said, there's no lines drawn to try and hide yourself. Um, but you also, I think regardless of whether it's a stranger or even, um, someone like a coworker or something like you're still sometimes depending on what questions are asked, you're trying to find the right word choice and how to convey the message. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're stuck in your mind and processing. Whereas sometimes depending on who you're speaking to, whether that is a close friend or a complete stranger, you're just very, your filter goes away mm-hmm. and it's just you speaking um, your innermost thoughts, your innermost feelings. So um, depending on whether that is a best friend or a stranger, I think depending on who you are as a person, that could be totally different scenario depending on um, who you're speaking to. Um, Cause I don't think it should be hard to talk openly and honest with your mm-hmm. best friend either. Like you should be able to convey your feelings towards them, but also you might want to, depending on how you think they're going to judge you for what you have to say, thinking about how do I have to say it in order for them to understand, like it's knowing your audience in a way. Yeah, I think it's always a little harder with someone that you know, just because there are layers and years of things that you have to think through and ways that they might feel that you know about things um, over the years that you've known them. But I will say when it comes to strangers, there are just people for me that give off an aura that I can trust them. And there are people (laughs) that totally give me an aura that I cannot. Um, So like, for example, I have had some of the best conversations of my life sitting on an airplane, like next to a random person telling them all (laughs) my, my life story. But I've also had some really weird encounters with people where maybe like 
they were asking me questions that I could tell were leading. And I don't know, like it really, I really do get like vibes from people. <laughs> so I think it just really depends on the person. But I do mm -hmm. think like, generally speaking, it's harder for me to be a hundred percent honest with someone who I know everything they might be thinking about the thing that I'm saying versus someone who's like completely new. I have no idea if this is going to like trigger them or make them mad or whatever it is. So uh, there's like, it's, it's one of those questions where it's like, it depends. And I hate answering it <laughs> like that, but it's like, it really does. Um, but here I think it is a relevant question because this is how Lily and Ryle form their relationship is immediately yeah. telling each other truths He's that they expect truths. will not come back to bite them. And then they kind of do. Um, so it's an interesting concept. Right. Cool. Moving on. How do we feel about Riles's determination to get Lily off his mind and the mm. knocking of 29 doors? Is this a romantic gesture or something else? I first I'm thought sorry. <laughs> oh. No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um I first, I could never myself knock on 29 doors and just talk to 29 <laughs> strangers and be like, oh, hey, does Lily live here? Like, oh, my just kidding. God. Next. I'm, yeah. Oh, psych. Gotta go. You know, I'm uh -huh. so shy that I myself could never, ever do that. I couldn't even talk to my teachers in school. I was like, oh, please don't fail me or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did think the 29 door scene was cute and romantic you know i thought it was like it's kind of putting in the physical work toward what ryle has been saying that he's true but with that i did not like his determination like how he was so actively trying to ignore lily but then also putting himself back in her life nonstop. because I feel like it always revolved around him. It was always on his timeline. He wasn't the one who could get her off their mind. Like it, it kind of felt selfish to me because it always seemed like it was based on his needs. I need to see you right now because I can't get you off my mind. And mm -hmm. I know we said that I'm not into relationships, but can we just have sex this one time and then call it good? And I just felt like it was just always kind of revolving around this one dude. I'm like, hey, there's two people in this relationship man <laughs> the 29 doors was great but i feel like it was more so to satisfy a physical need or like an itch that he wanted scratching versus him considering that she said that she wants a relationship and so i felt like it was kind of contradicting everything that she's told him but then only cementing everything that he's told her yeah i think i i i disagree slightly in that I don't like the fact that he knocked on 29 doors. Like, that seemed very stalkery to me. <laughs> um, and I think, I mean, I'm just the type of person who likes softer people. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I would prefer a relationship where, like, things weren't so, like, I don't want to say driven, but, like, so Not crazy, ambitious, and... Rigid. Yes, yes, that's a good word for that. Um, and I think that the knocking on the 29 doors combined with the fact that he had like Lily's picture from the rooftop that I think he had um, kind of like blown up. Right. Mm -hmm. that, that was very strange to me. I was like, you, you barely know this person. And I know it's like a little blurry, but like you both know. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just like, it's kind of like that, the, the chill down your back. That's the, that's the kind of feeling 
that him doing those things kind of gave me like it was yeah. very much like is it romantic or or is it an obsession <laughs> <laughs> in a romantic relationship there's definitely like a um a go-getter kind of personality yeah. where like they really fight for it but i think he went too far yeah i think it's it's a bit of a crazy line just with with emotional people in general right you want passion in a person but i i, I get a sense from him that his passion sometimes like you were saying taylor is a little bit more self-motivated than um like i want what's best for you and i think that that comes out throughout their relationship so knocking on 29 doors wasn't it, it could have been if it was another person like it just sort of depends on how you're doing it it wasn't him being like i just i know she loves me i need to find her it was like i want to have sex with this girl now so i'm going knocking on 29 doors and so i was like looking up as you were talking because this again reminded me of the football player who jess is so obsessed with in the beginning because she's like he is so sweet and charming and thoughtful and then it becomes too much for her almost immediately um and there's this quote that winston says and i just thought it kind of like explained ryle here he says when he's talking about the football player you know he doesn't run he sprints he doesn't jump he leaps and he doesn't like jess he loves so when she starts to find his like loving advances like too much um she starts to get freaked out by it and it is almost too much for her. And I get a sense that like, sometimes like Lily thinks of these things that, that are sweet, but then as she starts to get get to know Ryle's emotions more, like I think she starts to see, Oh, this is a little too intense. And his feelings are a little too intense. Yeah. So in this (laughs) moment, I don't think she caught that, but for me, I was like red flag. (laughs) Um, I also think like he's essentially begging her to have sex so that he can forget her. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not the strongest pickup line, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard sell. <laughs> you tell him, Devin. <laughs> like, please, like, please do this for me so that I can then forget you and mm-hmm. never have to see you again. Like, that does yep. not does not compute. So, nope. <laughs> um, and I think at first take these moments that we're mentioning, the, the picture and the knocking and, like, other things that happen. Like, these are all flattering at first. But kind of, as Kimi was mentioning, have that stalkerish feel, this mm-hmm. obsessive feel. Um, so I don't know if that's just because we know the character of Riles at the end of the story and now mm-hmm. we're like processing or looking back on it. Right. I don't know. Like, do be, does the like if Ryle didn't turn out to be a bad guy, would these things still be romantic or would they still mm. have that obsessive feeling? That's a fair them? question to ask because as I was reading, I don't think at this point either that I had like really caught on to the fact that he might be a bad actor in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is fair to like point out that now that we know where it ends up, that this might appear more like creepy to us. But mm-hmm. I had a little bit of a like unease thinking about it while I was reading. I think I do remember that. <clears throat> It's giving Edward Cullen. (laughs) Don't bring up Edward Cullen on this show ever. (laughs) Wait, were you you guys were on for that Valentine's episode? (laughs) Oh, we we did record er, like more recently. Yes, that's what I was thinking. I was like, there had been something, but yes, (laughs) it gives Edward Cullen. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but moving on. 
Uh, did you have something else, Kimi? Oh, no, no, no. You're good. Okay. <laughs> All right, moving on, a little bit more serious topic, but still important to talk about. Um, Lily grew up watching her father abuse her mother. So how do you think that this influenced her future relationships? Yeah, this is this is a deep one. It is. Um, I I mean, I personally did not go through that kind of experience, Um, Mm -hmm. but I would imagine that you would think that you would never go into that kind of relationship because you know what to look for. But like that kind of thing to happen from a young age really affects you and in ways that you don't ever really realize until like it's too late. Um, Mm -hmm. So for for specifically for Lily with Ryle, like the fact that she was very nervous at the beginning when he started kicking the chairs because she was like oh i like kind of like that i'm unsafe feeling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i think that did come from like her history of seeing her father abuse her mother but then she saw ryle like be vulnerable which i don't think she ever saw with her father like she never saw that side of him so it was it's and then you kind of just see like the slippery slope that came from it like you see like how she um doesn't see the signs and everything um, but at the same time, like she kind of like subconsciously knows. Yeah. Kami always nails it every time. I'm like, I don't yeah. know after you. You're always <laughs> um, <clears throat> Yeah, I definitely think that it's kind of like she thinks she's safe from ever being in this type of relationship because she's witnessed this relationship. She I think Lily thinks she knows everything about this type of relationship and how you should be able to leave it and almost kind of like the expectations that she had of her mom that her mom never fulfilled. But I think the tricky thing is too with something like this, when you've had to go through it in your childhood is that subconsciously you're always going to be comparing any relationship or partner you have to the ones that you yeah. your examples. Absolutely. Because even in the first chapter and throughout the book, uh, Lily does compare Ryle to her father a lot. Yeah, like she oh, does. Wait, my dad didn't donate to charity, but Ryle does and his family does. And wait, my dad wasn't sensitive. And I only think she's kind of subconsciously realizing it, but she, I think that is going to be hard is that no matter what, even if it's in a healthy relationship an unhealthy relationship, there's always going to be that memory and trauma. That's going to in kind the of back of her mind. Yeah. And yeah, so, and re- yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. sorry. You go. Oh, no, no, you go. And, and regardless, I think we all kind of have that innate nature to compare what we have in front of us to Mm -hmm. a past relationship whether that be um an ex or whether that be um your grandparents or your parents like you have expectations that come from these different sources and you draw those expectations into okay this is what i'm looking for in a partner um so she her only lily's only um past example is her parents. So that's all she has in her mind to try and compare it to. Yeah. And I think even more so than like her romantic relationships, because it is a big part of that, but um, we see her relationship with her mother change over the course of the year as she experiences abuse in her own right. Like um, at first, like she, she, I, I don't want to say she thinks her mother is stupid. She doesn't think her mother is stupid. She just thinks she's a little bit weak. And she even admits this. She's like, I don't know why she never left him, even in the worst of the worst moments, like all of this stuff. I would never be like that. And then slowly she kind of realizes as it's happening to her, 
there are things, those vulnerable moments she shares with Ryle that she's sure her mother shared with her father before they got into the cycle of abuse. And she almost starts to like better understand her relationship with her mother after having gone through this terrible, terrible thing, because she's like, she, my mom probably saw the layers of my father that like I never saw. Um, so I, I think like, yes, it, it definitely is in her mind, in the back of her mind, every single time that she is in a romantic relationship. And what's interesting is with Atlas, she never feels unsafe. Like she's never really comparing him to her father. Um, so I, I think that's where we find like a safe space for her in a relationship where, where she's left to think he would never hurt me and I'm not going to question it. Um, so yes, I definitely see how that impacts her romantic relationships for me. Mostly. I think the relationship I focus on in this story is between her and her mother. Um, because it's so impacted because her mom, Ultimately, maybe her mom was staying with him because they had a daughter together, all of these things. Um, but it ripped apart the seams of the relationship that she was supposed to have with her daughter. And then at the end, I'm just like so like happy and like blown away that like they're able to reconnect in this and her mom is able to tell her you should leave him. Um, and that's it's just like a full circle moment. And I just... I don't know. I, I really focus mostly on that relationship as I'm reading. Um, and then that's really the the concept is it ends with us. Like she, it ends with her and her daughter and her being able to make the tough choice, even when her mom couldn't. Um, so yeah, lots of different things going on in that answer, but that is the relationship that like really for me is like, Ooh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot there to unpack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And it, I think she's Lily spends most of her time trying to find the guy that's most not like her father, but mm -hmm. ends up with the guy falling for the guy that represents everything that her father was. Mm -hmm. um, and the patterns and cycles that are built from that and um, the abuse not only represent like shows up again in her own relationship, but also it is what initially pushes her to find comfort in Atlas as yeah. her safe haven. Um, and we'll talk about that aspect very shortly in our next question. So if you guys don't have anything else to add, we'll jump right into that one. Oh, I, one cool. thing I think it's interesting because typically, I think what typically happens when you're in a romantic relationship, you often compare the person you're currently with, with the person you were with before. Mm-hmm. But that's mm -hmm. just like a romantic sense. So I think it's interesting mm -hmm. how Lily never really compared Ryle to Atlas. That, that's a good point. That is true. Because Atlas is up here. Very nice. Agreed. And I, I think that is interesting that she always compares the people that she's with to her father, not necessarily to her own past relationship relationship mm -hmm. with Atlas. So um next, um Lily was vulnerable when she first met Atlas. How does this affect the choices she made regarding him? Did her parents' tumultuous relationship play into this at all? And why do Lily and Atlas connect so easily? Ooh. Well, I think it, one, it helps that they were in their teenage years because you are at your most vulnerable in when you're a teenager because, you know, developmental brain, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, agreed <laughs> um but i think for lily specifically i mean with everything that was happening with her parents um, and the fact that she didn't really have a lot of friends at school i think she was just very very lonely mm, and yeah 
that was specifically what really attracted her to Atlas because she saw another person who maybe had experienced the same kind of emotion of loneliness and it kind of brought them together. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which is actually a very powerful thing because like who wants to be alone? And with like, it's like what Dev said with her parents' relationships, like she kind of found a safe haven mm-hmm. in Atlas. So that whole thing just kind of came in. Yeah, I think safe haven was really the perfect word to use because they could both kind of escape their hard circumstances by being together, by connecting together. And I think, too, that they both, in a sense, almost kind of felt abandoned by their parents because obviously Lily, her parents were always fighting. She always felt like she was alone. She could never really turn to her parents. And then Atlas, of course, his parents his mother had part had literally left him behind and he was forced to live out on his own so young. And I also think, I think they bonded over having their different experiences, but being able to share their traumas with each other, but then also in the belief that they could survive together. Um, kind of like they were saying with the plants and the tree, you know, we can both be trees. We can both be plants. You know, we can both grow past our circumstance. I love and- this metaphor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it together. Let's do it. <laughs> and just that we don't have to be our foundations, you know, through each other. We realize that we can be more and we can be beautiful and that we aren't our circumstances. I think that's kind of the truth that they found in each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting that like going back to that metaphor, like Atlas recognizes that he does not have he has rocky soil and like he Mm -hmm. he feels like he is going to wither and die where she's like well you have persevered through this rocky soil and now you are going to grow and survive after it um love it continue on to the actual question here (laughs) well she she, i think that she's like a catalyst for him almost into Mm -hmm. a new life because you're right she's the miracle grow yeah, I don't think <laughs> the miracle grow. Dang it. <laughs> um, I don't think that he would have left and done anything with his life if she didn't give him that spark of hope, honestly. Like That's I fair. I think that they it's great because we see her sort of springboard him up because he also was a victim of abuse. His mom they talk about he has like cigar or cigarette burns on his arms. Um I think they relate in this and she's able to give him a leg up and then he's just forever protective of her because he saw her, he saw what was going on with her parents, was able to relate it to what went on with his mother and then forever knew that like, because he was trapped in a cycle of abuse for a while, that she could also be trapped in that cycle of abuse. And it was just something like triggering for him almost. So when he saw her at the restaurant, with a bruise on her eye he almost like immediately ran to her aid and was like this is the first time seeing you in like 17 years or whatever however long it is and Mm -hmm. this is the first thing i jump into action when i see this because Mm -hmm. i know this about your history and your past and the trauma with your parents and that's why it's sort of like i don't know and it's interesting because atlas knows her past intimately personally he was there uh, Ryle also knows her past. Like he, she, she, she had told him that she had gone through that she doesn't like her father, all of this stuff. And there's a moment where he realizes after the first time he hits her, um, and he comes down from his blackout moment where he says, "You can tell that he remembers the stuff about her father." 
And he's like, it'll never happen again. Like almost referencing her experience with that. And whereas Atlas, because he knows her past, is more protective of her. Whereas Ryle is more protective of, I have to keep her. Um, So I think that that's like the dichotomy of like the obsessive abusive relationship and then the safe haven that Atlas is. Um, And so I don't know, the fact that Atlas is able to sort of break the cycle of abuse because he knows more intimately what she's going through and what he went through is just like a really strong, and we're going to talk about their character, but it's a strength of character that he has um, that he's able to sort of still move forward. And she was his springboard. And then eventually he's her springboard. So it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Yeah, (laughs) I like that. They both needed comfort. They both needed a friend and eventually they become something more for each other. They both have these broken families and they want, um, to make each other feel loved, they both want the best for each other, and that's essentially where this relationship stems from, and it goes and grows from there. Mm-hmm. Um, just that shared passion. Yeah, um, cool. I think Colleen Hoover actually did a really good job in kind of writing this out because when we first meet Atlas, we don't actually get a lot of his physical description, quite like we did with Ryle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like through that, you kind of see more of the emotional connection between Lily and Atlas versus just the physical attraction. Yep. That's a good point. Um, Okay. So speaking of attributes, (laughs) what are our favorite and least favorite attributes of Lily, Atlas, and Ryle? And Ryle. And Ryle. We got to talk about him too. Yeah, I think um, I'll start with Atlas because we love Atlas. So he's our go-to. I think with Atlas, like you were all saying, he's super protective of her. He's very mindful. I think the main thing that I'd say to describe him, mainly because Lily uses it pretty often, is that he's very considerate. Mm -hmm. He's able to kind of take in the whole of a situation and know exactly what she needs in that moment or what will help her in that moment, especially since he's experienced it himself and so he's he doesn't want to be a bystander when he thinks that something is going on, not when he can potentially intervene and help in any way he can. Um, I think if I have to say a negative trait, which I don't want to, it's like, it's <laughs> um, but I think if I had to choose one, he's kind of um, like uh, self-sacrificial. He kind of puts to a fault. Out, yeah, to a fault where he is so determined to prove himself worthy that he's denying both parties happiness because he thinks he's not. And so it's Mm -hmm. kind of like he unintentionally, like the thing is he does it with good intentions, but Mm -hmm. I think because his self-esteem is so low that he doesn't believe he can give someone anything else, even though he really does have so much to give. And Mm -hmm. so I think that in a sense kind of hurts him because he again is denying both parties love that they both very much need. And I I don't think he understands that he deserves love too, even though I think yeah. he doesn't. As for Lily, I think Lily is very um I think she's very driven and passionate. I think she has a lot of life to her. I'm not gonna lie, in the beginning of the book, I did have quite a bit of trouble connecting with her. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was because like maybe our personalities are different. I I wasn't directly kind of like bonding with her, but I I just wish that she had maybe like started her flower shop because it was her idea rather than Riles or little things like that that I think yep. would have helped me bond with her a little bit more. But I do 
I did like seeing at the end of the story her process through her past and decide to create a new future for herself and her daughter. Yeah. Um, Cause it takes a lot of strength to do that. And it's very hard and it's emotional and your, your mind plays games with itself. So I thought it was very inspiring to see that happen at the end of the book. Mm-hmm. As for Ryle, I think the tricky thing with Ryle is that he does have really great traits. He is very charming. He is very ambitious. He is like he's successful. He's good with people. He kind of knows what words to use. He he kind of gets under your skin. And I think even as the reader, you know, you kind of feel like you can't say he's completely bad because he's not. He does have, again, these really attractive traits. But with that, like you were saying early, Stephanie, is that he is his emotions are volatile. Mm-hmm. He does He does have these highs. He does have these lows. And even though he has been going to therapy over the years, I don't think he's in as much control as he thinks he is. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like that confidence is what betrays him in the end because he mm-hmm. really doesn't mm-hmm. have any control. Yeah. So <laughs> he did it. <laughs> got it. We got through it, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'll start with Lily. Um Honestly, I think out of all the characters, she was the most superficial for me. Um, But what I did really appreciate about her character is that it was a very realistic portrayal of what someone in an abusive relationship looks like, and like specifically with domestic Mm -hmm. abuse, in that she wasn't just like this super strong woman who can do anything and like just get through everything right like she Lily struggled to get through it and I appreciate watching that struggle and seeing how she did come out in the end and like gaining that strength just having it at the beginning um for Atlas oh oh gosh I mean it's this just the the, it's the the thing where he's he was just very observant you know he's very thoughtful not only of Lily who was his romantic interest but of the people around him, because we see him as an adult with his friends and like how thoughtful and considerate he is with them. And like, like one mm-hmm. of his friends has like a child and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, he's just, oh, what a sweetheart. <laughs> he is a sweetheart. That's the right <laughs> word. Sweetheart. Um, but I think I do agree with Tay in that I think Atlas just needed more confidence like in in a way where Ryle had way too much to a dangerous level, Ra- um, Atlas didn't have enough, and obviously we kn- we can see why. And I think in a romantic relationship, you obviously don't want to bring the person you love into a situation that you have like been uncomfortable or have been unsafe in. Um, yeah, just like walking that line. Um, for Ryle. I think the thing that bugged me the most was his denial and his almost refusal for help. Yeah. Because that we see that from the beginning because we can see like he had traumatic experience with like with his brother um, dying and like him witnessing like that. Like that's a very traumatic experience. And I think that really grounds him like as a person. So we don't just see him as this monster who hits women. Right. Um, but I think the thing that bugged me the most was just like his denial of everything. Like the mm-hmm. fact that he was able to delude himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, I think I'll start with Lily. Um, 
what I like most about her is that she's kind of a dreamer and she's ambitious. Um, she does when she sets her mind to her uh, flower shop, like she makes it successful. She works hard at it. Um, and not just that, but other things that come along her way. I think she, she sees the end results. Like she wants to get there. Um, her least is that I think, um, she might be a little selfless in the negative sense, um, where she thinks that she can, she can deal with this. Uh, it's not impacting me too much. I can, I can take this. I don't have to let other people know. I don't know if selfless is the right word for that. Um, but that's kind of what is coming to mind. Uh, for Atlas, I think, as you guys mentioned, uh, he just has a kind heart. I mm-hmm. think his strongest trait is his kind heart. He shows it. He's very compassionate, has a lot of empathy, and shows it in all of his relationships that we've seen so far. Um, least favorite i think is his overprotective nature he is very protective and i think that is a strong trait of his but i think it can come off sometimes as being overly protective um in some instances as well he tries too hard to protect them um or to protect lily when she doesn't necessarily want it Mm -hmm. um so and lastly ryle fave i think is his passion i think he is a very passionate individual he's very um whether that's about his job which he's obviously super passionate about or his love which again obviously super passionate about um he's just an overall very passionate person um least i think he doesn't as uh i think kimi mentioned like he doesn't own up he's like he's or with his ownership of what he does, the choices that he makes. Mm-hmm. He doesn't necessarily own up to, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, I made this bad choice. He kind of makes excuses for it instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be quick because you've all done such a good job. <laughs> but Lily, I think something um, something else is that she has the ability to look past um, like the social the social expectations that society has of certain people and she's able to like care for them. So like with Atlas, whereas everyone in her, her school, like shut this guy out, she Mm -hmm. could have easily walked past him um, at any point and not invited him into her home and not done, but, but she has a caring heart in that way. Um, She also is protective of her mother, um, even in some, some unhealthy ways. But um, I think at the core of it, she is a protective person she she wants to care for those that are going through really hard circumstances um empathy empathetic in that way i think sometimes lily doesn't think it through when she's making decisions and we see that throughout the course of this whole story i mean she doesn't think through what would happen if my parents come home and see atlas she just does it which is great i mean she's she's just without without abandon she's helping these people but you just kind of see it from that moment and then as she chooses to connect with ryle there's not there's not a ton of like thought behind it once she chooses to forgive him it's in the past and i i don't like that um atlas uh he's just great (laughs) i just think he's great he's like 
little teddy bear, but I don't know. Safe haven. We'll just go with that. <laughs> a He's a safe haven. <laughs> he chooses not to engage in the cycle of abuse um, that he went through, leaves his mom's house and builds himself up. Love that. I think perhaps Atlas struggles because it must come from the fact that he doesn't think of himself as worthy, but it bothers me because he... I almost consider it, I want to say, like you said, selfless, but I almost consider it selfish because he should have told Lily when he saw her on campus all those years ago. He should have told her that he was, but he was, it was his fear and his insecurity that led him to say, I'm not going to put myself out there. Um, so I don't want to say he's selfish. He's not a selfish person, but in moments where it was really important, um, he let his insecurity get in the way of doing the right thing. And Ryle, eh, the good and bad thing is his emotions. I mean, some of his most charming moments are from his his passionate love for Lily, but that also comes with the price of him being emotionally abusive to her and, and physically abusive. Like it just, he's very volatile, like we've said. Um, so with Ryle, I just don't really think that he's in the right place to be dating anyone. Like, I think his original assessment of where he was, was probably correct. Like, I shouldn't be, <laughs> I shouldn't be in a relationship with someone. And I think fair. he shouldn't fair, until fair. he gets help. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with Ryle. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, continuing, how do we feel about the flashback nature of the story told through Lily's letters to Ellen? I thought Ellen was an interesting choice and also mm -hmm. a hilarious one. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, what six, 15, 16 year old girl is just like, yeah, Ellen. Ellen. Ellen's the one I want to write to. <laughs> but I mean, I did like the flashback nature of it because it was, I think it was very pivotal to Lily's character because they were letters to her, like to Ellen, but really to herself. Mm -hmm. And it was just like kind of, I think it was really important um, for Colleen Hoover to do it like that because, you know, we we see her story with Atlas, but we also see the nature of her father, of her relationship with her father um, and kind of how like throughout her reading all these letters, she kind of comes to realize about Ryle and like kind of comes to that decision. And I mm -hmm. think, I mean, it's also a really great way of letting us the readers be present in a moment that was in the past yeah all of, like it was just it was very well done i like i applaud colleen hoover for for that choice yeah it was cool yeah i did i did like the letters i just i'm not gonna lie ellen kind of took me out of the story yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i i wish that the letters were almost like letters to herself or even just a journal or something because every right. time i read ellen degeneres i was just like now I'm what? just thinking of Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> so random. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm thinking of all the segments. And no of hate towards Ellen DeGeneres, but it's just like an odd choice. Like, we all love Ellen DeGeneres, but like, but odd choice. Out of the story. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, every time I'd be reading, because this was actually my first time reading the book, so I'd be reading, and then I'd read Ellen, and I'm like, it's Ellen DeGeneres, you know? <laughs> <laughs> every time I was kind of, like, being hit in the face. Right. Like Kami said, I think Colleen Hoover did such an amazing job of integrating the past in moments that felt like we needed to learn more about the past or where we were curious about the past and kind of keeping that intrigue and seeing what's happening. And um, I like how we could kind of really seamlessly sink into the past as well, mm -hmm. kind of 
fall into these moments and feel like it is the present, but then you kind of resurface and you blink and you're like, oh my gosh, wait, can we go back? You know, rewind. Um, So yes, I love the idea as a whole. And I think it, of course, gave us the great scope of her and Atlas's relationship as well as what she had to witness with her and her father. But it was just Ellen that was like, why is this kind of hard for me to get past? Yeah. Mentally, I keep getting... (laughs) I had the same feeling. It was kind of random. But the reason I do kind of like that she chose a talk show host was because it brings you a little bit into um, her loneliness that we were talking about before. Her idol is not someone who lives around her, someone she's able to communicate with on the daily. It's not a friend at school. She's not writing letters to her best friend. She's not writing letters to, you know, herself. She's, She's just sort of in this place of loneliness where I think she felt like the only person she could trust is the person she saw on TV all the time. (laughs) So it it is interesting like to think of it that way because it just gives us a window into the fact that she really didn't have anyone she trusted back then before Atlas. So it is random. (laughs) It's really random, but I'm glad that it comes full circle with Atlas watching the show with her. It means something to them. Um, and then at the end, um, he like gives her the signed picture or what something like that. Um, of like, yeah, the book, the book, yeah. Um, so there is like a full circle thing to it. And I do think it gives us a little window into how she was feeling at the time that she chose someone she didn't know to write to. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, but I, I know like <laughs> of all the people to choose. <laughs> and I also like the 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 message of the motif of just keep swimming, like yeah. keep pushing keep pushing keep pushing yeah um and there's a lot of like water and wave motifs as well Mm -hmm. throughout like there's a there's a line that like ryle was like a tidal wave and i was like on a surf like Mm -hmm. just enjoying the 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 waves or i don't remember exactly but it was something like that line um but i did think that this was an interesting take on the dual timeline story yeah um i've seen like obviously it's common in uh books to have dual timelines that have two things happening at the same time i thought this was an interesting take to be in the past but still mentally in the present it's happening right uh, we're as readers experiencing along with uh lily as she's rereading it mm-hmm. so i thought that was really interesting. what really gets me is when she realizes ryle has read it all because it just shows you how much she was keeping from him like atlas she shared this like emotional connection with her idol at the time. Mm -hmm. Like he knew everything. And if he were to read that, first of all, he wouldn't read it. And second of all, if he were to read it, like nothing would surprise him probably about what she said. Um, Ryle, when he reads it, even though this is her high school self writing about something, it triggers him to have his most emotional breakdown yet. And it's like, it's just crazy to me that someone would hold that over your head years and years and years later. And that's just another moment of like, Ryle, like you're not, you don't love Lily. You're just trying to hold, like hold on to her because it's like the best, best thing in your life. So that, when that happened, I was very upset because first of all, I'd be like, oh my God, he read my journal. But if my husband read my journal from high school, I wouldn't be like fearing for my life. Like Mm -hmm. when she sees that he's read that, She's scared that he's heard something that would trigger him, even though it was her high school self talking. It's like crazy. Um, But either way, just wanted to mention that because that that scene really (laughs) bothered me. Um, But anyway, 
So everything about Lily and Ral's relationship happens very quickly, and they're married within six months. So does that speed say anything about the relationship overall, or do you do you see some successful relationships that operate that quickly? <laughs> oh. Well, well, <laughs> we happen to live in a specifically county uh-huh. where people most of our friends from high school like we're we're well, I'll say we're in our early 20s yeah most of our friends from high school are already married yeah and they've been married they get married within like about six months that <laughs> so for this for me this question is interesting because I have seen <laughs> those relationships fail but I have seen some that are successful mm-hmm. I mean that could just right. be just you know a statistics game based on the numbers mm-hmm. right um but i think overall like it it is too quick like you can't really get to know a person like in an intimate way in which like you want to like have a lasting relationship in a span of 6 months that's that's too short of mm-hmm. a time and to for to have like to offer marriage which is a lifelong commitment that's it's not nearly enough time and i think that that was one of like the red flags Mm -hmm. especially for someone that didn't even want a relationship in the first place like he went from he wants to lock it down i just want i just want the deed (laughs) 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 that's all i ask get married to me now correct six months later to i need you to marry me like it's just a huge jump and i don't know if either one of them were necessarily ready for that jump i felt it was out of character for lily too the way that she was like yeah let's go get married whatever like that it for both of them it seemed out of character and i think that's really what you have to keep an eye out for is this someone who generally processes things like quickly or is this a relationship that's trying to lock it down because they just either want to move forward and like have a family um or trying to lock it down because like he's obsessed with her I like that's that's ultimately you have to really be able because I've seen successful ones I've also seen similar ones where it's like you're in that honeymoon phase and you just want to lock it down and it's like oh red flag <laughs> Romeo and Juliet yeah <laughs> three days later <laughs> only without a relationship there's not deaths involved yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I do think because I mean, I'm sure I don't want to say that there aren't successful relationships that happen within that time span. Because I'm sure there are. And like I said, I think for us, we just happen to see it pretty often mm-hmm. where we are. Um, but I think something that I love about relationships is when people want to take that time just to be with each other, to learn each other. It's not about like some race to the finish or a race to get married mm-hmm. or anything like that. But it's just about really enjoying every second that you have to learn about this person but then also being smart because you could love someone but then you move in with them and they don't put their socks away and you're like i hate you now but then yeah. you're, you're like oh dear what do i do so i think just <laughs> <laughs> having that time to kind of go through all those different phases being able to see someone in a wide scope of emotions and really taking the time because again there really is no rush in life i think we always mm-hmm. do put these weird deadlines on ourselves but there's yeah. not. And so being able to kind of fall in love slowly, you know, like a, not like a plummet, but slow burn, <laughs> slow burn. <laughs> 
um, I think it really does create that foundation for a long lasting relationship where you're not having to play catch up after you're married like they do in the story. Because Mm -hmm. after Ryle and Lily are married, he's revealing the trauma that he had when he was a child. That's very mentally affecting him now. And then she's revealing what's happened with her and Atlas, which again was very important, is important to the core of her character. And so they're having to play this really big emotional catch catch up and upheaval after they're married, after they've made all these commitments. So then after that, I feel like where could you go from here? It'd be really hard to kind of push forward through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with they just have little foundation. Uh, and it's because they just keep pushing and rushing and rushing. Um, it's all passion. Yeah. Um, they, um, they do communicate. Unlike most relationships we discuss, like they do openly talk and like the naked truth shows that they communicate with each other. They're just, mm-hmm. o- they want to be open and just try and talk things out but they almost do that too late at times. Um, whereas most relationships we talk about, like their biggest concern is that they don't talk about their things. Whereas these two do, but they, they do. do it. They do it a little bit too late. Um, they allow their passion to fuel their relationship and it blows up in their face. And mm-hmm. almost like I said, only because I'm teaching this right now is Romeo and Juliet, like the, it's the fire and the powder. And when they meet each other, they're exploding and it's blowing up in their face. Um, yeah. That's all I got too. Cool. <laughs> all right. Um, there was something else I wanted to mention, but it like went out of your head. Like, poof. <laughs> Anyways, Every hopefully, maybe it'll, yeah, yeah, maybe it'll come back. Uh, it'll get back onto the track and come around. But anyways, we'll see. <laughs> um, when Lily realizes she is pregnant, it changes a lot of things for her. Mm-hmm. It is also ultimately why she decides to divorce Ryle. Why do you think it is? Uh, that so often things that we will put up for ourselves we consider unacceptable for our loved ones i think it's because um when it comes to your loved ones you never want them to suffer in any single way you'd rather like with my family i'd rather take on any of my family suffering than have them suffer it themselves i think humans have a very it's kind of weird because it kind of goes against nature, but we have a selfless need to want to spare others of pain. But we so often do not have the same concern for ourselves. We're kind of willing to go through it. We're willing to kind of let ourselves be hurt or willing to just push, push, push and just see if we can survive. And the truth, I don't know why, because it's not smart. I, you know, I do wish that we as humans could better share our pain and burdens, but I also see myself doing it too. And so I don't know if there's like an exact explanation as to why we do it. You know, why is Lily wearing, willing to spare her child over herself? Doesn't she realize she has mm-hmm. so much value too? But I think that's just kind of a strange human mindset that we have. I think we think we have to suffer, but we don't want our loved ones to suffer. So it's kind of like a weird duality. Yeah, I think it's weird because, I mean, as humans... We have this very primal instinct for self-preservation. Um, but the fact that we will put ourselves in that kind of state for other people kind of shows how pivotal other people are for our survival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. kind of where that comes from. 
And I think particularly for Lily, um, because I mean, this is her daughter, like she, she is now a mother. Like I, I mean, I haven't gone through that, but I would imagine like the love is like completely unconditional. Like this, a mother's love is like the most unconditional love there is. And so for that first uh, bond that strong, like you, you, like you would do anything. Yeah. And I think if Lily realized that she was the daughter of her mother, I mean, like, that's how, that's kind of like how we come back to the whole, the cycle and it ends with us kind of thing. Yeah. It's this like pivotal moment, like when she's pregnant and, or when she's giving birth. And I just think it is such a strong moment for Lily because that is an emotional moment. When you see like the father of your child, like loving on their kid and just like being a great dad. And she could have easily chose what her mom chose, which was, I don't want to break this up. Like, this is important and I can deal with whatever I'm dealing with for the sake of our child, which ended up being the wrong choice. Lily in that moment, because I think of her past experience fought past almost this, this like this like idealized version of, Oh, I can fix him or um, I can deal with it so they can have this relationship and realized I hated my father because my mom like, and him tried to work it out when he had this volatile side to him. I can choose right now to not engage with him all the time, living together, doing all this, so she can maybe have some type of relationship with him that's controlled, safe, whatever. Um, I just, we're too, we're too explosive. So she makes that choice in an emotional moment. And that to me is like really strong. Um, so I just wanted to say that about this moment because it's very like, very important. Um, but uh, why do we put, yeah, why do we put up with this stuff for ourselves? I think it's because we have this idea that we understand what we can handle. And sometimes we we pressure ourselves to a point where we think we can handle more than we actually can. Um, like, we're like, oh, I can handle it. I can handle it. And then years later, you're like, you're looking back at all the trauma that you have. And you're like, I couldn't handle it. Like, I, I don't know why I was thinking that. Um, but when it comes to your your child, like you're saying, can we like, um, it's just someone who you consider innocent, someone who you consider your responsibility to protect. So her knowing that Ryle had this in him, um, she felt almost responsible to like keep him away, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I think I do wish we would treat ourselves with a little bit more of that, like, oh, I'm innocent too. And like, I'm good. And I need to protect that in myself. But I do think um, humans tend towards this, like, excuse me, <laughs> to this curiosity and towards this, like, we we want to fix what's broken. And so we allow ourselves to like, give ourselves sometimes in those situations where we're trying to like, fix someone else. And I just, mm-hmm. it's so, so unhealthy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just easier for us to bear our own burden than to see someone else go through the trial. We'd rather grab that burden and put it on our shoulders rather than see someone else go through that experience. Um, And that's just empathy. Empathy is a powerful and compassion. They're both powerful uh, emotions that the human body expresses and experiences um we've been we're we're social creatures and when we see our own kind our own our own person our own family member our own friend going through something we'd rather it be us 
than to see them go through whatever they're going through. Um, and that's just the way that it is. And that's kind of what she's making that decision is that I won't put her through the same situation that I am viewing um, from my own eyes. So, mm-hmm. All right. Cool. So of all the many heart wrenching moments in the book, which stuck with you the most on the other side of the spectrum, which filled you with the most happiness or hope? Oh, this is a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) It's essentially what's your favorite scene? What's your least favorite? (laughs) I think I'll start with the heart-wrenching one so I end on a good note. Um, (laughs) The most heart-wrenching scene for me, I think, was when Lily and Atlas were at the hospital Mm -hmm. um, after that episode. And it was the moment like this. This is going to get a little small, another small trigger warning. Um, but it was the fact when the nurse came in and like, she asked Lily if she needed like any help, like she kind of stood in front of Atlas, uh, like asking her, like, are you okay? Like, did anything happen? Mm -hmm. Um, and it was like the fact that like Atlas kind of like reacted with like, he just like put his head on, um, I think on the wall or something. something small like that. And like in that moment, I think was very foundational to the story because it kind of like shows like how much atlas cares for lily and how much like you kind of see like he wanted so badly to prevent this from happening and lily also like never wanted to go through this obviously especially with her past and so for for all of us with like just that situation i think that was like the moment where i was like oh no oh no Mm um as for the happy one it was just the the whole thing with Lily's tattoo of like the little heart on her yeah the fact that it was a little um wooden heart that Alice had carved out for her that was one of the sweetest things I think I've ever seen (laughs) with the growing in the tree metaphor because he made it from like I think it was um her oak tree her oak tree in the back which was you know an oak tree is like very much known as like this very big very strong tree so like with that i think it was just such a wholesome and such an emotionally how what's the word for this emotionally enlightened (laughs) just the kind of that moment like i've just it, it all just like came together very well I liked it when you talked about the happy moment. It made me happy. (laughs) 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 Um, I'll start with the heartbreaking moment as well. Um, I think the most heartbreaking moment for me in this book, in context of it being a book, like I said, this was my first time reading it. And, you know, with it being so popular, I I had heard things. I knew it was about domestic abuse, but I didn't really know how that was going to play out. I didn't really know when. Um, and so for me, the most heartbreaking moment was the the first instance of abuse, the casual scene where he burned his hand and he pushed her away mm. because I think like even as a reader and I actually imagined reading this if I never knew what the book was about either. Like if I hadn't heard it was about domestic abuse or anything, mm. just how shocking and how terrifying that moment would be, especially in real life. I mean, we're reading it as a story where you basically never feel safe again. And I yeah. think Colleen Hoover did a really good job of putting that sensation into this book where from that scene on as a reader, 
you never felt like any scene with Ryle was going to be okay again. Yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. bracing yourself at every moment of like, mm-hmm. oh, is he going to explode now? Is he going to like, how is he going to react? And I think that's unfortunately really realistic to how these relationships are in real life. So that mm-hmm. was the most heartbreaking for me. It was kind of like the break of trust, the break of the feeling of safety forever. I don't really think you could ever regain that through this book and through yeah. like this. Um, and then I think on the other side, the happiest moment for me was the, it ends with us quote. And I won't go into it too much because I know it's coming up, but it just really gave me a feeling of peace knowing that it's hard to break this cycle at any stage, but the fact that it can be broken and that it was broken and the fact that Lily herself had a daughter as well, where it could have just gone on and on. She was the daughter of her mother. Her daughter is her daughter. Where if she didn't break it in that moment, it really could have gone on. That's how things go on. And so just knowing that it's done, that she made the right decision, she stood up for herself, she stood up for her child, I felt like it was really empowering. And when I read that line, I started tearing up and I was like, (laughs) it makes sense and it applies to the themes. And it was just really hopeful to me. Yeah. Open story. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Heart wrenching. Um, I think one of the moments as kind of what taylor was saying um the first hit um because you know it's coming but you just don't want it to you're like don't do it please like like, i don't want this story to turn into that story Um, and then there's also when ryle was telling about emerson his brother i think that was emotionally raw for both of them to try and like grapple with the reasoning behind Ryle's aggression is the way that it is and I I don't know if it's him trying to come up with an excuse for it or Mm -hmm. uh, because I do think that was a traumatic experience and it does leave a toll on him obviously Um, I just didn't know where to uh, like how to accept that um, as myself Uh, but um, ultimately leading into a little bit of hope as well is that divorce conversation at the hospital I think it's it's a very powerful moment for both of them um one's like hearing that the girl that he loves can't be around him and yeah uh the the family of three is kind of breaking um and then the other is trying to know that she's doing the right thing but going through a hard decision to make Mm -hmm. and having to explain that to someone i think is uh hope there's hope there, but there's also that heartbreak of there needs to be a cut. There needs, we need to be able to see that we are both um, dealing with this challenging situation and there needs to be a clean break or Mm -hmm. we're not going to be whole either one of us. Um, Go ahead. uh, Hope wise, uh, kind of that situation as well. Lily's flower shop is also, I think, really cool that she had this dream. Um, I forget what the phrase was. Make it bold oh. and was it just bold? Is that it? Or was it bright and bold? I don't remember what the phrase was. Bold and brash. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought it was really interesting that they she turned something common and made it into her own. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, my favorite is when Atlas finally speaks up for himself and his feelings. Mm -hmm. And he says, like, if you're ever going to fall in love with someone, 
fall in love with me. Like, yeah, go at Yes, buddy. That's a pickup line. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I think I struggled the most with her memories of abuse. Like, I really, really did not like reading. Like, obviously, like, you don't like reading it, but it just, it really, like, almost like, it just set me up to understand. Are you talking about her mom or Atlas? For her mom. For her mom. Um, so like just the moments that we she was so vulnerable in her journals about her dad and her mom, those moments like got me really like nervous for what was gonna happen in her own future. Um, I kind of was like, they wouldn't be sharing this much about the story if it wasn't gonna impact something about the plot. And mm-hmm. not only that, it was just hard to read. Um, and then most especially when her dad like beat up Atlas like that crushed me that crushed me that that was one of their last moments together so that was like heart-wrenching for me and then happiness or hope is after she made the decision when she runs into Atlas later that is my moment of like okay we're moving on we're not just ending on this emotional decision that she's making she's living her life with her baby she's still seeing Ryle on occasion, but they're not together. They're not trying to get back together. Um, and then just like her little moment with Atlas at the end, I thought was cute. Um, so that was like my happiness moment. I do find it interesting that the book officially ends with that decision. Yeah. Like, yep. That that's the last chapter. And then Mm -hmm. there is the epilogue with the, the bright side or the, the, the uh, flash forward in a sense. That's what I'm talking about is the flash forward. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I'm just, I find it, interesting that the last chapter the way is. that it ends is that decision yeah and i'm wondering like as a reader i'm really glad that we got that epilogue but mm-hmm. how powerful could it be if that was the only thing that we got as it well would was. bug me i it know would it you. would be great but it would bug me i'm the person that like i need to know what's next cry and cry but i need like a little bit of hope and that mm-hmm. that was my hope is like, okay, she's living a normal life. She's not just going to return to Ryle two years yeah. later. You know what I mean? It definitely has a lame is. We were just got finished talking about lame yeah. is. So you it definitely has a lame is. We got all that yeah, depression yeah. and, you know, death. <laughs> and, and then just a sprinkle of hope on top oh, there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, Lily is lucky to have two men love her. Um, each shapes her life in different ways. First, let's discuss how each made Lily a better person. Then let's discuss the negatives of each relationship. I like how I'm reluctant to name anything with Ryle that's like even somewhat positive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think because Ryle was kind of the push Lily needed to start her shop. So I think in that sense, um, like his determination, I think his... He, Ryle kind of had the ability to make anything seem possible because he always really sounded certain and sure and like yeah. anything he f- said could come into reality. So I think him having kind of that attitude really kind of gave her the push or the reinforcement that she needed to start her shop and to start following her dreams and doing something that she loved. So I do think that was um, the way Ryle bettered her life. And I wonder, too, if maybe he helped her to become more honest because they had their naked truths and mm-hmm. if maybe that would play a part. Um, I know there's a sequel to this book. I haven't read it. But oh, I didn't know there was a sequel. Yes, a sequel. It's called, Is it's it a sequel or a prequel? It's a sequel. Mm-hmm. It's a sequel. Oh, okay. Ooh. I just thought it was a prequel, but okay. So you might be getting your happy ending. I don't know. I haven't read it. Oh, but boy. I have, I have read it. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, we need to read it, Devin. We, we probably should have read it before we did this. Maybe we'll come back and do another episode once we read the, the sequel. Turn. <laughs> yes. Um, and so I do think that in that regard, he did um, shape her life in that way for the better. Mm-hmm. I think that um, with Atlas, that Lily and Atlas both bettered each other because... Mm-hmm. They both kind of gave each other the strength to go on with the just keep swimming. They, they, I think they both instilled a perseverance in the other person. Yeah. And they both, I feel like they both also inspired each other to follow their dreams too, to go to Boston. He started a restaurant. She started her flower shop. And I think that was also subconsciously rooted in their past. And the fact that they had always talked about going to Boston, you know, things are better in Boston. And I also think that, atlas's softness his um the fact that he was so genuine the fact that he really did have a good heart is a lot of the i think is what lily hopes for in a relationship Mm -hmm. i think that because he had those attributes she was looking for those attributes in another person as well and and i think she could always trust in his attributes and trust that she could find those attributes in someone else and so I think he gave her hope. And I think that's how he bettered her life. Mm-hmm. But what about you? Uh, with Ryle, I mean, obviously there's a lot of negative. But I, I can't deny that he was a very efficient person. I mean, like to be, I think he was like a neurosurgeon or something. Mm-hmm. Like that's a difficult job to do. That's not something mm-hmm. that like everyone can just like hope to accomplish right and that way like he was a very accomplished person and i think that kind of ties back into him kind of pushing lily to also be a bit more driven and everything um and i think it's also the fact that like he was very sweet with his daughter like that but like that made it so much more heart-wrenching i know the fact that he 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 wasn't kind to lily but he was to their daughter that like, it is a positive aspect, but just in the scope of everything was, mm-hmm. you know, just, it, it hurts your heart. Yeah. Um, For Atlas, I think, I mean, Atlas, I, I think in an, a person's life, you always have that one person that kind of, like, changed the way you think about things and, like, right. who you are now. And I think we definitely see that through Lily's heart tattoo, through the magnet that she keeps on her fridge of Boston. And I, I think Atlas and Lily are that person for each other where they kind of like changed them. That they were that pivotal person that they met that kind of changed the past of their lives. Yeah. I would say um, you guys both hit the nail on the head. Just like a quick thing to note. I, I like how you phrase this question, Devin, but I will disagree in that you say like Lily is lucky to have two men love her. I actually don't think that lucky is the right word. I think that when people are going through these types of situations, like it made it harder for her almost to have that love coming from both places and not knowing like which one was right for her, which one was healthy, which one. Yeah. It it was just a struggle for her most of the time to have both of those people in her life that she loved and she knew loved her. Um, and, but yeah, each one shapes her in a different way. And I would say she does love both of them. Um, cause that is something too. Did she really love Ryle? I think she did, even though it was, it's hard to admit. I think she did. Um, 
Yeah, I, I definitely think he... I just, I guess like what you guys were saying, really, I, I have a hard time saying that he taught her to be a better person because I think more what she learned from that relationship was how to stray away from a bad person, um, which is a sad thing to say that that's what came out of our relationship. But I do think ultimately it gave her strength in that. Um, and Atlas Atlas just gave her like like we said a safe space. So it gave her an ex it's I hate to say these relationships gave her examples of what to want and what not to want, but that's almost like kind of what it came down to. Um Atlas also gave her a space to like be her full self, um not hide anything. So like I said before, Ryle, she had to hide stuff from Ryle so she wouldn't trigger him. Um Atlas kind of she never had to hide anything from him. Um which I find even more so just amplifies the fact that it is a safe space for her because there's really nothing that she could go through or say that would change his feelings for her, which is a beautiful thing. Um, so I thought that was really great. The negatives um, mainly come from their miscommunication, which is funny, Devin, because you said her and Ryle communicate a lot and still don't have the greatest relationship. Her and Atlas, like, can't communicate. They can communicate about a bunch of different things. They can't communicate about their feelings in the end, and that's the difficulty. Um, so I think that that's probably the only negative I can really see is when they don't grasp the thing that they want to grasp, essentially, and they're just kind of dancing around each other at the restaurant, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Um, those are the only negatives I can think of. Yeah. Um, I'll start with ryle first i guess i think he his ambition helps feed her ambition um that's so true when he's being successful i think she also strives to be successful um granted their success also is a deterrent in their own relationship uh it tries to uh it makes their relationship harder because they have to balance each other's schedules yep um but obviously there's a lot of negatives in their relationship and that they um, just can't get through um, while they do communicate. It's always a last resort to what happened. Like something happens and their honesty is a reaction to what happens, I think. Um, so I think that is kind of the, one of the downsides of their relationship, just mm -hmm. one. <laughs> <laughs> just one um, for atlas uh i think he shows her uh a good soul a good heart um because she doesn't really it almost is like she doesn't really have many friends in high school so she, he becomes that person just a random stranger that she finds randomly living in a house that he shouldn't be living in and he befriends her and she befriends him and um i think atlas is her while there is good in the world mm -hmm. moment um because she only sees what happens within her four walls of her house mm -hmm. um it's true so negatives like kind of like i wanted to mention is that and what stephanie mentioned is that they don't always communicate 100 percent their feelings when she goes to him after um she wakes up and goes to the hospital and sort of like um 
they don't know how to move forward without talking about their relationship and what it means to them. Um, so I think that's where they struggle is trying to communicate their own feelings and knowing when they need to communicate their feelings. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's their biggest issue. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think they, there is the hope aspect there that they will learn together to do how that. to overcome this. They've both one. been through a lot. So communication is probably not like, like super clear, like communicating with each other is probably a difficult thing for them. Yeah. I think they are great friends. I think it's their issue of trying to, okay, we know we have these feelings for each other, but how Let's do just we address express it. that we have these right. feelings for each other? Right. All right. So why do you think Hoover titled this book, It Ends With Us? We've kind of been dancing around it the whole time, but. What did I Um, I mean, I loved the title, particularly because I went into this book without knowing what it was about. And I think the summary on the back does a really good job of not telling you. Mm -hmm. like, so, you know, all the, t like the turns and like your, it really amps up like the tension and yeah. the portrayal of the story. Um, so I thought that the title was just supposed to be like some romantic thing. Like, oh yeah. And we're going to end up together. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's that thing. So, so cliche. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it was just about Lily and like her and the, like we said, the cycle of abuse and her deciding that she is going to end it. Like that was such a powerful moment for me because I really thought that this was just going to be some, like you said, very cliche, just romantic story. And so like, it's, I'm actually very, I'm hard pressed to call this book a romance mm -hmm. because of that reason. And I, I absolutely love that. And I, I love how, um, it, it ties in with her mother and like everything because her mother is like in it, but like not as much as you would think. And I think that almost mm -hmm. makes it more mm -hmm. groundbreaking. Yep. Yeah. I like came in my first started this book. I was like, Oh, it ends with us. It's going to be about how like love prevails against all and they end up together yep. at the end. And, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I did think it was going to be like, I, and you kind of expect we were talking about this earlier but you kind of expect that the line's going to come up at some point so it's just kind of a matter of when but the fact that it did come up when it did and in relation to what it actually was was so incredibly powerful to me yeah and i thought because i i knew there was a sequel but after reading this book i was like i don't even really feel like it needs a sequel because i didn't either yeah it felt like the title the priority of the story wasn't supposed to be at least to me at least was not supposed to be like finding a new happily ever after in another person it's right. about breaking the cycle of abuse it's about giving yourself and your child a new future it's about you know trying to learn from your past and trying to just have it create a different now mm -hmm. and i love too that it ends with us can extend to of course lily and her daughter but then also to her mother too because her mother had the realization at the end of the book and what she was telling Lily to leave the relationship. If this man really loved you, he would never put you through this and he wouldn't want to keep himself in your life. Yep. He was doing this. And so I just really loved that that theme extended to not only the characters in the book, but I feel like 
to the world and to people who have had to experience this situation. I feel like it's really empowering that you can say to yourself, it ends with us. It ends with me. I can, whatever cycle I'm in, I can break and I can have the strength to break. And so I think mm-hmm. just the fact that it's kind of a message that extends past its pages, I think is really powerful. I think it's interesting because at different points throughout the story, you think it's going to mean different things. So in the very beginning, it's like, oh, she met Ryle and then she didn't talk to him for a while. And oh, it's going to end with them because it began with them. And then you realize he's got his flaws. And then you realize, oh, Atlas came before Ryle. So it's going to end with them because it started with them. We just didn't know it. And then as you realize that, like, she's not really comfortable yet in either relationship. You're like, it just, it's, it blows my mind even more that it's like, oh, it ends with her and her daughter. Like, that is powerful. That is an impactful ending because I think so often we're looking for the happily ever after. And this is a happily ever after. It's just not the one that we're trained to look for in a romance novel. Um, so I, I love it. I think it's great because it shifts throughout the story. And then eventually you realize where it really ends is when she ends the cycle of abuse. Um, and that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anyone's uh, familiar with Waitress. Yeah. Uh, but it gives uh, the musical. No. Okay. Uh, but it gives me strong. Uh, she used to be mine. Like, yes. Uh, lyrics and sort of so like, good. Um, but um, I do really enjoy that. It, it left you questioning. Okay. Is how is this going to end? Because it has the title of it ends with mm-hmm. us. So um, I did enjoy that almost questioned throughout the story of, okay, how is this going to end? Mm-hmm. But was there ever a time, and this is just a general question, was there ever a time that you found yourself rooting that maybe these two would make it to the end together? Strangely, I'm going to say yes. And that's really hard for me to say. I, The reason being, and not after the last scene, I think, I think it was just after the first couple, I was like, oh, he is different. Like I was getting wrapped up in her thoughts almost. That's what I think is the brilliance of this book. Oh, he's different than her dad. And then you realize as it becomes a cycle that like it he's not. And so I really went through it with her because like you were saying, Taylor, you kind of had an idea it was about domestic abuse. I really didn't. When I started reading this, I had no idea what to expect. So coming at it with that perspective, there were points where I was almost being like, like convinced by her own line of reasoning. So like I understood what she was going through. And then obviously like after it happened again, it was like, nope, all right, this is a cycle. But I, I will say, like, there was a point in the book where I was like, maybe it's different. Maybe she'll overcome it and he'll overcome it. And then you just realize, like, they couldn't. Like, he especially wasn't in the place to overcome that. Yeah, I think I went through a similar thing, except for when I saw those scenes and, like, when you read, like, her thoughts and, like, the whole thing of he's different than my father. Uh-huh. I was dreading it. I was dreading the fact that I was like, she, I don't want her to end up with him. I don't yes. it seems mm-hmm. like this is where this is going. So for me, I like the fact that I was dreading it and like seeing the actual ending was very satisfying. Oh yeah. It was great. Yeah. I kind of had the same thoughts of and feelings originally because for me, what kind of gave me like a moment of, oh, are they going to end up together? Ryle and Lily. Yeah. Uh, was when he had mentioned he, was going to therapy and that he has been going to therapy for a long time because I just hadn't expected that in a story like this. Mm -hmm. And 
because it kind of gave him a human aspect of again like he's not this complete and total monster he's not just thoughtless and like Mm -hmm. he has thoughts and feelings and he's been trying to handle those thoughts and feelings so that was the one moment where i was like hmm i don't quite i can't quite tell where this is going if he's going to kind of get redeemed at all but i'm like can he be redeemed but then as the story progressed, I was like, it better not end with them. It better not come true. Right. <laughs> it better be something else. <laughs> the It Ends With Us title almost leads you to think, like, maybe it is going to end. Like, that's, that was my struggle throughout, um, just not understanding really where the title would fit. So that's, wh- that's why the ending was more satisfying, I think, because I had moments of being like, is this going to end with her and her abusive boyfriend? Like, that's a little weird. Um but I, I did like the message that it eventually came full circle to. Mm-hmm, it's a good absolutely. question, Devin. <laughs> because if we're getting <laughs> real, like there were weird moments throughout the text that yeah. really made me question things too. So I know, and I and I remember because uh, I did listen to the audiobook and I listened to the end, which is where they include the the author her note. Uh, oh. Yeah, the author's note. And she's like, I really did not want to make Riles a bad character. Like yeah. I did not want this to happen. Writing the character, I was like, I wanted to change it so many times that I, and I just wanted it to be good. I wanted it to be a good relationship and I didn't want this to happen to her. And she's like, I couldn't, I knew what my plan was. And I had to stick to my plan no matter what. Like, even if I fell in love with this character, I had to make sure that mm-hmm. it happened the way that needed to happen. And uh, I, throughout the time that I was reading, I was like, oh, Okay. He can get like it'll be fine. They, they can overcome this, but I was like, as as it just kept kept on happening, I was like, there's too many walls, too many things that they need to kind of work through, and it's just not gonna, it's not gonna happen. They need to be able to, as much as I love each of them individually, together they are a toxic and yeah, um, brittle thing that will break they they'd be they'd be walking on eggshells around each other and that's yeah. what and that's what a lot of the their relationship was after that first hit was yeah how do i appease him how do i make sure that what i do doesn't trigger him um so i think that was the main issue yeah um so yeah last question and this can kind of be for either one uh do we ship it <laughs> ryle get your butt out of here get out Ryle. <laughs> actually i'm gonna put him on his own boat and send him off to sea and just see what he does and just get him out of here that ship 100%. has sunk yeah um as for atlas and lily i'm gonna say i don't know if i should be yet because even though they had this past and even though i hope that they have a good future together i think that in the sequel they're still going to be things to to uh Unpack. yeah and the fact that we don't like they're they know each other from their past of course mm-hmm. but they're very different people now i would really like to see him in a lot of different emotional situations before saying whether or not i ship it that's fair i ship the idea so far so it's yeah. like a tentative dock and porting right sale a little but... christening of the boat. <laughs> yeah like we're kind of tapping the, the it's just not breaking yet <laughs> i don't know if my decision is influenced by the fact that i have read the sequel mm-hmm. for ryle absolutely not absolutely not 
That is like, especially, I will say, especially with the sequel. Absolutely not. Um, oh no, I'm scared. It gets worse. <laughs> oh, no, right there. Oh. How can it get worse? <laughs> I, I'm just typing this up for you guys. Um, okay. Her Atlas and Lily. I want a very strange maybe. Oh, because I I really loved them in this first one, and I especially loved how Atlas wasn't actually in the first one very much at all. Mm-hmm. He was mostly, he's just in the past, really. Yeah, he was just kind of like he was there for her when she needed him, but it was like she needed to um, decide for herself that she not necessarily wanted to be saved, but like was willing to accept support um, in what she was going through. Um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So so for that reason, I want to say yes. But for other reasons, I will not disclose. I want to say no. Okay, that's fair. And Devin and I need to read this sequel. Yeah, I have it on my shelf. And I was like, should I read it before we do this episode? And I actually asked people on uh, Instagram, like, would you rather us do? Yeah, would you rather us just do one or do we need to do both? And everyone said no. So I was like, okay, fuck. We're going. (laughs) (laughs) I I ship. What was that, Kimmy? Oh, good. Oh, sorry. I would also say to just go based off the first book. The first book. Um, Go ahead, Steph. I I'll ship let's... her and her little baby girl. Like, just yes, be by yourself Emmy. for a little while. Yes. Like, and and honestly, I think she does it well with not jumping into things with Atlas. I don't know anything about the second book, but I will say, like, Atlas is a great man. And I love that little hopeful scene for them at the end. And if I shipped her with anyone, I'd ship her with him. But I do think that for a while, she needs to, like, especially mm-hmm. after the trauma she's been through, she needs to just sort of be in her family like her little family and figure herself out first how do we feel about the name of emerson for the baby i like it (laughs) i see jesper's face (laughs) (laughs) we're both like (laughs) i was yeah i was on the fence because i was like i understand like obviously like ryle is the father and he's a very pivotal part of this child's existence aka she couldn't Mm -hmm. exist without him Mm mm-hmm but, but. <laughs> uh, it's just like it's kind of like the re I'm, I don't want to say like the entire reason but it's a very the brother's the crux of the problem in a sense yes <laughs> and so the fact that she named her child after like you said the crux of the problem I was like why not have like if she named her daughter Hope or something mm. I mean that would have yeah. been really terrible right? mm-hmm. <laughs> or like some, I would have loved it if she like kind of uh, followed with like the flower theme or something yeah i agree oh. i think a flower theme name would have been nice like petal not 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 petal's a great name not that petal's a great name but like <laughs> keep with the flower theme and i think that would have been a cool uh tie into the metaphor from before as well tree <laughs> <laughs> tree yeah, your great tree uh, but uh answering the 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 question that we're supposed to be um no i don't ship riles obviously um and yes to a hope of atlas um solely talking about the first book yes to a hope of atlas i think it shouldn't be right away but i think there needs to be 
friendship, like return to that friendship first before you can continue a relationship. I think that's what's important is that you need to, before you get into relationship wise, we need to return to and analyze, okay, we are both different people. So let's become friends first. And then once we are confident in this relationship as friends, then let's see where that takes us, not jump into, oh, I need to be in a relationship with you right away. So yes to a hope of Atlas, because I think he's a great dude. (laughs) Same. (laughs) All right, cool. So there you have it. Our thoughts on It Ends With Us. Now, what do you all think? And we had quite a few comments come in. So our first comment comes from Naomi, and she says... Lily should have left him, Ryle, the first time he hit her. She knew what that life was like and told herself she never would get in a relationship like her parents. Just because it wasn't as frequent as her mom, she decided it wasn't that bad. Also, Ryle has no right to be upset about her past. It does not include him, and that is fine because his past does not include her. And I completely agree. When he read through that book of stuff, I was really fuming. He has no right to be mad about it. It was all his jealous intentions and that stemmed from his encounter with him at the restaurant like Mm -hmm. you can't judge someone based off their past i mean yes you can judge someone based off their past but you should have the conversation about the past in order to confront that together right (laughs) not just make your own assumptions um so yes thanks for saying that in naomi uh our next comment comes in from ava and she says this book rocked my soul Way to go, Colleen Hoover, for writing a novel so personal for herself and so many others. Uh, I'm so surprised by how quickly this book blew up, but not just for adults, but also for young adults as well. Although the spicy rating is a bit much for them. (laughs) (laughs) True that. Uh, Lily made some bad choices, but ultimately she learned from her mistakes and will now do her best to raise Emmy by ending the cycle of abuse. Honestly, I don't ship Lily with anyone. She needs time on her own to deal with her scars yep but maybe atlas is just what she needs as her salt as her salve that's fair that's kind of where we ended up so yeah. <laughs> um sure. yes thank you both for writing in and for everyone who commented now we want to say a big thank you to kiwi and the bird yeah. for joining us ladies thank you so much thank you thank you you oh, yeah thank you okay the questions though were amazing in this. <laughs> Devin, I, Devin. I, will, I will say that I got a little help from the internet oh but... my gosh <laughs> but, but I was like these are some I mean I had some core questions but like I took pieces and plugged them oh yeah together because I think these are some core areas where we need to kind of like discuss definitely made for a good discussion for sure go Devin (laughs) um but I wanted to open up the floor to Kiwi and the bird um if you guys have any announcements about your podcast or what you got going on lately ladies I think trying to survive is what we have going on (laughs) (laughs) just trying to keep up we've been slowing down a little bit and just (laughs) especially book recommendations i feel so bad because like kami's been so on top of things but i've been just really lagging lately i'm like you're keeping keeping the bird up right now (laughs) um but we're always doing giveaways on instagram at kami and the bird and we always love chatting with people about books and uh just love interacting with people and love seeing what everyone thinks and uh especially with these kind of books too where they're super powerful and super emotional it's really Mm -hmm. nice to connect and see how it impacts different people yeah these ladies are amazing on instagram so go follow them they do work they do amazing things on (laughs) their podcast (laughs) and through instagram they're they're true stars 
True stars. Woo! Round of applause. <laughs> Everyone check out Kiwi and the Bird. Absolutely. Well, that's a wrap. If you're enjoying the episodes or have comments and feedback, please rate and review where you listen. It helps us out immensely. Yep. And of course, if you have comments or want to join for an episode, reach out to our email. We should be podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram. We love you shippers. It stops here with me and you. It ends with us. See you next See you time. Guys.